welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name's Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Morning. It's so good to be all together people of God gathering together just to worship Him. It's a privilege that not every country has. And so I'm thankful that we get to do this together. Um, And I just, yeah, want to start off praying and then we're going to just jump into it. So would we just fix our eyes on Jesus right now? Jesus, we just look at your face. We look at you, Jesus. We don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room, Lord. Come step in this room, Jesus, and take front center place. We want to encounter you. We want to meet you face to face, Lord. Why else are we here but to meet with you? And so you will be glorified, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. Well, yes, thank you for being here and I'm excited to share what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart. Um, excuse me, um, I might, thank you, thanks, Kelf. Um, I might cry and know it's not the baby hormones, it's just me. <laughs> That's just who I am. When I talk about the Lord, I can't help but be moved and be undone by Him. And so, I don't know, I just feel like too, we, you know, it's so easy to come here and we get up here and we do the thing and then we, it's all shiny and, you know, manicured and perfect and I'm not here to bring a perfect message to you today. I'm here to reveal Jesus because that's what matters. (laughs) He's what matters and if I get all snotty and teary, I just, not that you need permission But I want you guys to know that you can encounter him for real. Like you don't have to hold it all together and just, you know, we we just do nice church and then we go home. There's such a hunger stirring in this people, but also across this nation and across the world for the real Jesus. And we want the real, we want to really meet him and we want to really encounter him. We're done with the, you know, the way that it's always been. We want to really meet him. And so if I get all snotty, it's what it is. (laughs) And it's because we love him, right? 
And, and I think sometimes we can get in the way and we don't mean to. We like uh, we want to come up here and there's the fear of man or we're here worshipping before the Lord and, and we hold back because we're afraid of what people might think. But really, he's so worthy. He deserves everything, whatever that looks like. And so you don't need my permission, but, be, but know that you can encounter him, do whatever you need to do to actually see him face to face today because that's what we need more than anything Hmm. Okay, so yeah, I just really felt that um, the Lord is doing something really significant in this community, um, but also across the nation. Um, but I just really felt as I was preparing, this is honestly something that the Lord has been speaking to me personally about for the last year. And I kind of wrestled with bringing it today for no other reason other than, you know, just thinking that you have to come up with a perfect message. <laughs> and then God was like, it was very clear that there was nothing else than this because his heart is for you and he is longing for you. He longs for you. And I just feel the longing of the Lord for each of us to truly know him, to truly, truly know him. And I really feel like Zari was kind of singing on it. She said that he's our firm foundation. And I really feel that... God's shaking things. We know this. We've known this. But if he is not our firm foundation, we will be shaken. And I'm not saying that to be all like, ooh, scary and, you know, whatever. But it's reality. And I, I believe the Lord is preparing us for greater glory. But he's also preparing us for the days to come. And we need to be ready and anchored in him. Like really anchored in him and in knowing him. And I just really feel like if we personally and as a community take hold of what the Lord is speaking, because it kind of started with, um, if you guys were here for the Jesus night and um, Stacy was here, it kind of started with there. And then if you were there for Isaac, it kind of was there. So mine is in, in a weird way, a part two to Isaac's message. If you were there, this happens with us. That's what happens when you're married and <laughs> the Lord speaks to you. Um, so essentially it was the beginning of the year and I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I was just trying to find what I was meant to be reading in the word next. And I was just like flicking through and I was like, ah, nothing. I don't know if you ever had that feeling and you're just like, oh. <laughs> nothing's really sticking. I'm not feeling like where you want me to, where you're leading me, Lord. Like I want to, I want you to lead me in, in reading your word. So you would illuminate truth to me. Um, and I got to, um, Philippians three. And I just, yeah, if we could have that up, Grace, that would be wonderful. All right. If you have your Bibles, please get it out or, you know, whatever you have. Because I really want us to just, like, why have this here if we're not going to go and, like, meditate on it and, like, go and search it out for ourselves, right? So I want us to be diligent in that as well. All right, Philippians 3, 7 to 14. And this honestly has been like my anchor passage for like the whole year. I've, it's branched out to so many different things. And it just says, but whatever gain I... This is Paul, by the way, um, just so you're aware. Um, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. 
For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfected, but I press on to make it my own. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I remember reading this and I was struck by Paul's, what he was writing. And I don't know if you've ever, I don't know, this is what I was feeling. I was reading it and I was like, I feel like I'm not getting this. Like, <laughs> it was just too, there was too much in that. I was like, I think it's so easy for us to read it and be like, oh, that's so nice. And then like we move on and we get a bit of an understanding. And I remember just reading Paul and he's just saying, in the Amplified, he says, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy unequaled. And I remember thinking, I was like, this is Paul saying this, like Paul, the man who <laughs> like saw the resurrected Jesus on the way to Damascus, Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament Paul who had visions of heaven and, and he couldn't even describe it. He couldn't even articulate it. It was too holy for him to actually put it into words. And he says, I, the, the thing that I want more than anything is to know him. That's, that's it. I count all loss compared to the priceless privilege of knowing him. And then he says... I do not claim that I've even attained it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Just having like this moment with God being like, so you're telling me that this Paul himself is like, I haven't even got to the end of the depths of knowing who Jesus is and the depths of who he, who he is in my life. I haven't got to the end of it yet. And I was like, for me personally, I was like, I feel like I don't understand what he's saying. I haven't got the depth. I know that there's so much here but I don't even see exactly what I'm not seeing. Does that make sense? And so I just felt the Lord be like, I want you to stay here. I, want, I don't want you to move on because I want you to know me. And there's depths to him that we haven't even searched out yet. Paul himself said, I have not yet attained it. I have not even taken hold of it fully. And so if Paul's saying this, literally he saw the resurrected Jesus, how much more is that true for us that we're like, oh yeah, no, I know God. Yeah, no, I know him. And he's like, but I have so much more, so much more for you, so much more for us to discover of him. And I really believe that God is calling us to get lost in the wonder of intimately knowing him. It's going from a, it's, it's transferring from a head knowledge to an experiential knowledge. I'm not talking about like, I go to theology school and I pack my head with all of this intellectual knowledge, although that's wonderful. And if you feel to do that, 
praise God, <laughs> but I'm talking about an intimate knowledge, a deep experiential knowledge of him. And I really feel that I could give you a, a bunch of things about all the things, the wonders of, of God that we could discover, but I really want to just stir your hunger for you to go and search it out. Because <laughs> that's what I've been doing. I was looking at the passages and I was like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I, it was just this seeking that I was like, Lord, I want to know you. Like I, I can see that I don't know the depths that you're calling me into. And I feel like he's calling us into that as a body to seek his face like never before. And I remember as I was preparing for this message, I, the Lord very clearly, it was like, I was just about to write the title. I didn't even know what it was. I was just like trying to summarize it in my own head. And I felt him be like, it's the great unveiling. And I was like, well, okay. Okay, Lord, what do you mean? And I was just unpacking it with him. And I really believe when it talks about being like un an unveiling, it's talking about the eyes of our heart being uncovered to perceive the glorious majesty of Jesus. And this is a, a work of the Spirit only. It's, it's His power and His, because we know that the Spirit points to Jesus. So we cannot search without the Spirit. Because he know it says, um, oh dear, I think it's in 2 Corinthians, something like that. Um, it talks about the Spirit searches the deep things of God. So he knows everything about the Father and about the Son. And he is longing to reveal more of Jesus to us. And it's like the, the verse in Ephesians 1 that I feel like most of us would know pretty well. If we could put it up, that would be great. Thanks, honey. And it says, this is Paul again. He's saying, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of his glory and his inheritance in the saints? And I really believe that the Lord is wanting to manifest himself, to reveal, to take off like an unveiling so we can see him rightly and see him clearly more than we ever have before. And our hearts can be so, grow so like familiar, yeah, with, especially if you've been a Christian for, I'd say anything over a year. <laughs> Honestly, like you can grow familiar with him. And he's saying, I want to open our eyes, my eyes, all of our eyes, because he's taking us into the deep, the deeper places with him. And it's the Spirit's work. So we need the Holy Spirit to do this in us. We can't strive to do this in our own efforts. It has to be the work of the Spirit. In the same way that it was like um, the temple, the veil, yeah? When, Je when the cross, when Jesus was on the cross and he, it was, he said to tell us die, it is finished. 
and that veil was torn. Did you know that veil, they say, Jewish tradition says it was um, like as thick as a hand. So no one could physically actually tear it themselves. It had to be a work of God. And I feel like there's, that's what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to just tear down these veils. And I'm going to go into a little bit of detail into that. And I just really feel that the key to, to seeing him more clearly and more rightly is humility. Paul, <laughs> he said, he basically was saying, I, ha- I, I have not yet taken hold of. There was a humility that he, he could have, he had all his resume, right? That's what he did in Philippians 3. If you look earlier, he was like, I have this resume and I'm this good of a Christian, you know, he's a Jew. But, you know, all these things that made him seem like he would know everything. And yet he said, the one thing I desire is to continually know him. And sometimes I just, I, and for me personally, it was like, I'd known Jesus my whole life and I've grown on this deeper journey of knowing him, but I knew there was more. I knew there was more that I didn't even perceive or understand for myself. And I believe that is what he's calling us into. And I think there comes a humility in our hearts where we say, Jesus, I don't know what I don't know about you. I don't know the beauty. Maybe I'm not lost in your beauty like I want to be. Maybe I'm just like pulled by this life to and forth and I don't really meditate on your beauty and I'm not lost in wonder with who you are. Maybe I, there's parts of you that I don't understand fully. Maybe parts of the Father's heart or parts of who Jesus is confuses us and we don't understand it and he's wanting to remove a veil so we can see him rightly and clearly. And I believe in the same way that there's an unveiling, there's also an undoing in us. He's beginning to, he's wanting to undo and unravel things that we've, just stuff that gets in the way, right? I just feel like the, the Lord is coming um, with just these eyes of blazing, fiery love to unravel and to hit, remove anything that hinders love for him because he wants love, like he wants intimacy with you. That's his greatest desire. And so one of the, there's like, I mean, there's many things that happen when we get to know Jesus more and when we begin to see him rightly. But the two things that I kind of wanted to highlight today, because I don't have a lot of time, but I want to give us time to actually just linger with the Lord at the end. Um, but two of those things is intimacy and identity. Two of those things are a byproduct of being able to see Jesus. And I really, really feel that God is calling us into the depths of revelation and of intimacy and of glory. We have experienced a measure, but he's calling us into the holy of holies, the deeper places. And I want to read Hebrews 10 because this was a verse that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me about this year as well. Hebrews 10, 19, 23 to 23, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up through the curtain, that, it, um, that is, through his flesh, and since we have the great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, 
with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Here it says that his body was the veil that was torn so that we could enter in boldly into intimacy with him. And I was actually, not too long ago, I was on a walk just in my lunch break because, you know, it's nice to get out of the, <laughs> out of the office. Um, and I like to go and pray. Um, and I was meditating on this passage and where I walk was is like right near a river. And I was kind of just thinking about the river and just feeling that the Lord is saying, like he was calling me as well, like that sometimes we stay on the edge of the river, which is just his presence and inti- deep intimacy with him, deep um, fellowship with his spirit. And I just, it was... It was so wonderful. He literally was like to me, you, he said, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you can jump into the river of my pleasure anytime you want back. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it's like the 30 minute lunch break that I have, you know, you can just do the thing and then go back. But I was like, okay. I, I don't know. I, it was just my heart responded to, to that, to him. And it's like, I could feel his presence so strongly But in that moment, it's like as soon as I entered into that communion with him, I felt him speak about us, like his church. It was like he was sharing his heart with me. And I want to read what I felt him say. I felt like this grief, but also like this desire of the Holy Spirit. And he was saying, if only my church knew, I tore the veil if my people only knew the access that they had to my pleasure. I long for them to access what I made freely accessible. Will my people hear my call? Will they follow the sound of fellowship? Jesus longs for fellowship with you. There is the literal holy of holies that is accessible to us. The holy of holies was literally just the presence of God. And I feel his longing for us as his bride to come, that we would not stay on the outer courts of intimacy, but that we would draw near boldly and I feel that, that there's like that veil that often makes us feel like we can't access him boldly. And I feel like the Holy, it's going to be unique to each person what that veil is for you. And I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to people today those hindrances, those blockages that keep us out in the outer courts and where we don't feel like we can enter into his presence fully because he longs for you. He longs for you. It says he's returning for a bride, that he's the bridegroom. He's not just the king. Yeah? He wants intimacy with you. And I just can feel even in myself, like this, <laughs> the tension of this life, right? Like we're so busy. Oh, we're so busy and distracted. There's so, there's so much noise. 
And yet he's calling us, calling you. Would you come away with me? I want to be with you. I want you to know me. It actually says in the word that we are fully known by him, but that we are in a continual searching out of knowing him until we see him one day. And then we will fully know him. But on this life, he's asking, he's calling us to come and be with him. A.W. Tozer says a really great quote, which, I mean, no one says it like the oldies, I'm telling you. They just, they just say it and you're like, <laughs> it's, like <laughs> it's so convicting, but in the best way. And he says, to have found God and to still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love, scorned indeed by the too easily satisfied religionist, but justified in happy experience by the children of the burning heart. Yay. <laughs> and I think what I fear is, is that in myself, because I'm always checking this, but just us as a people, as the people of God, have we grown satisfied with how much we know of him and how much we've experienced of him? I don't want to be satisfied. I want to be like, you know, says King David, he said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, God. And I really believe he's stirring up that kind of love in his people again where we long for him, where we pant for him, where we're like, I'm not satisfied, Lord, with what I've known of you, with what I've experienced of you. There are depths of you, Lord, that I must know. I don't even know what I don't know. And that's okay. That's perfect. That's where I was. I still am. But that's perfect. I know we don't have a ton of time, so I'm just flicking through my notes. Give me one second. What I love about one of my favorite um, passages in all the Bible, I can't help it, is Moses and just him and his absolute pursuit of God in amongst all his mess. <laughs> That's why it's great because he was not a perfect man. None of them were. But what I love about Moses is he said, he like had already said that he'd seen, he would speak to God like face to face like a friend. But he had this desire. He spoke with God and said, show me your glory. And it's like, what, what exactly had he not accessed already in that face-to-face communion? And yet he was like, no, I, I want to know you more. Like, show me your glory. And it even just, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly what else he said, but he said, I want to know you, essentially. Apologies, my notes are a bit messy. Um, but there's this heart with throughout the Bible of these men and women of God. And, and the thing is, it's not out of stirring up the hunger within ourselves because we cannot do that. You know, have you ever tried that? It's like impossible and you just get exhausted. <laughs> it doesn't work but it's a response to his longing for us. When we realize 
what Jesus came for. When he died on the cross for our sins, that was literally him coming to remove all obstacles to fellowship. Sometimes we, get, we can get all like, yes, my sins, which absolutely, we need that desperately. But we need to know what it was for. And when he tore the veil, he said, it is finished. Come access the same fellowship that Adam and Eve had in the garden. The same, if not better, because we have the, like, the, the new covenant. And so often I think we, I think with the way that we've, how do I word this? The way that church, like Western church has been for the last 30 or so years, we talk about the things of God, the way that God wants to use us, although all these things are important, and the things that God wants to give you and bless you with. But really, ultimately, the word is a love story <laughs> of Jesus longing for his people because he's coming back for his people to be one with us, to be united with us. There's so much I could say. I guess another thing I'd want to briefly talk about too is coming from being able to see Jesus clearly and rightly and from intimacy is our identity. God is shifting the bride to ministering from sonship. It's not about getting away with doing all together. Like, I don't need to do anything. I just need to be. Yeah, be. <laughs> He's saying, no, you do it from an identity of intimacy and sonship. And the reason why we've burnt out as a body is not because we're doing too much necessarily, although yes, it's because we've got it the wrong way around. We've done so much doing outside of the place of intimacy and identity with God and it burns you out big time. He wants us to know our identity as sons and daughters. And he's also, as I was saying, there's like an undoing that he's doing. And that can only happen through intimacy with him. And a tra like a, transform a transformed life can only happen in intimacy. If we could get up the 2 Corinthians. We all know, oh, well, yeah, most of us would know this verse very well. But it says, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. He, he's wanting to come and transform us. A deep transformation. And I believe that for so many of us, we, I speak from personal experience, walk around with 
bondages and cycles and lies in the mind, bombarding thoughts, shame, guilt, you could fill in the gap. Because we haven't found our identity in intimacy and fellowship with the Lord. And it, the, the thing is, is it takes stillness before him. As I was saying, busyness is the greatest robber of intimacy. Busyness and distraction. And it will pull you away from the secret place with him. And that secret place is, could be here right now. You could just go like this and he's right here. But intentional fellowship with him where you look at him and he speaks to you your heart and reveals to you his nature, his love, his ways. When we're too busy, we, we don't actually learn to know about him through his word. Because it's the word that is truth. And if we're not um, feasting on truth, lies are just, that's the, the only thing you hear. <laughs> it's the, we need truth and we need it, the spirit of truth to come and reveal Jesus to us so that we can actually be transformed. It's the, it's the saying we all know. You become what you behold. Essentially saying what you spend the most time thinking about, doing, meditating on, you will become like that, but you will also produce that. And we talk about being ministers but we cannot leak Jesus if we're not with Jesus. And I believe he's wanting to shift that in, our, in the church. And I want to talk, Matt's talked about this many times, but he talks about in Matthew when Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter's response, you know, he goes through, or the, Peter says specifically, you are the Christ. And Jesus says to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, that ecclesia, which is us, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we can easily focus on like the, woo, the gates of hell. Yes, the church is victorious, <laughs> which is wonderful. But b before that can happen, we have to have a personal revelation of Jesus Christ. He has to be real to us. We have to have a deep personal fellowship, intimate knowledge of him. And he's calling us into that. It doesn't matter how... Um, how, how far you think, think you've fallen in that area, like, and you're just like, oh, well, now I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I'm not doing good. <laughs> it's okay. He, he, and this is the thing that I was saying earlier. It's not about striving harder. It's about looking longer at Jesus, looking longer at him, feeding on his word, going, God, I want to feast on you. It was King David that said, this one thing I ask of, this one thing I seek he had this one pursuit of the heart to know Jesus, to know God. And I believe that God is stirring in us the pursuit of the one thing again. 
Not that we aren't doing other wonderful things, but our, that what takes lordship over our heart is him. Because he's the one that truly transforms us. And I really, feel, I really feel too that God is raising families, parents who are like revival families, who have a deep hunger for the pursuit of God and for the knowledge of God and raising our families and children in the ways of God. It's not just... It's not just the good things like, yes, going to church and, yes, reading the Bible and, you know, those kinds of things. I'm talking about come know him with me. We go together. (laughs) We know him together and we long for him together. And I feel like he's really raising up those families in the world and in the earth because it's that kind of life that transforms the world. We can talk about being ministers till the cows come home, but really until we have a longing and and Jesus is first and he's our first love, we won't have the impact that we we know Jesus can have because he chooses to minister through us. He wants you and I just, I'm going to finish up because I could just keep going forever, but... Yeah, if we could, I just really felt that the Lord, I feel like it's so easy to rush off in moments like this. We're like, oh, awesome, it's done now, let's go and like get our coffee and, you know, that's lovely. Um, but I really felt that the Lord is wanting to reveal himself to us. And this is just the starting place. This is not the place only. He wants to take each of you on a journey to, of discovering him and the depths of who he is. And I really felt that the Lord wants to just even just reveal to some people here today, maybe where there's some veils. It could be anything. Veils where we don't see him rightly or clearly. And he's also just wanting to stir in us a greater hunger for those who've, especially who've known him for a long time, that there's more of him. There's depths of him. And all we have to do is come humbly, like Paul, like Moses. say God I and it like Ephesians 1 Lord would you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you would you unveil my heart to see you in all your beauty and I just want us whether you're you want to get on your knees come up here Get in a place where it's you and Him because He really wants to meet with us. And so, Lord Jesus, would you stir in us a longing for you 
out of the longing that you have for us. Lord, would you open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, we wanna see you. We wanna see you, Jesus. the depths of you, God. Take us into the deep. Take us into the deep, Jesus. Just like I felt him say to me, you can jump into the river of his pleasure right now. and awareness to Him. And then this is where if you feel that block, there's a veil that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. And so Holy Spirit, would you speak to your children right now about anything that might be hindering true fellowship with you? be just we've been so busy we've been so distracted or maybe we're in cycles of shame and guilt and condemnation Jesus. 